Hey, Luke. I have, uh, I have a little bit of a question for you. No, I, I can handle a little bit of a question, so long as it's a little bit of a question. All right. So it's, um, what does a Canadian call when, uh, when a line, you know, like when you line up for something, when a line terminates? What does a Canadian call that? Wait, when you line up for something? Where that line, where that line terminates. Well, I think a Canadian would call that kind of line a cue, and when that line ends, that would be the front of the line. Yeah, it, that would be that would be a cue end, eh? Ooh, you you got ooh, that's a good one. That was a good one, Evan. Evan coming out strong with these cue end a jokes, uh, kind of setting an unfair standard for me for the outro for this same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what we have today. We've got a cue and a episode. Yeah, this is Scooby Dudes. Uh, we are a podcast uh, where two friends talk about their favorite meddling kids. And their dumb dog, too. My name is Luke. And my name is Evan. And like you said, this is a special episode where our listeners have uh, have fielded questions. Or wait, we fielded the questions. We fielded the questions. They threw them out. What's the opposite? What's the uh, other side of fielded? Oh, is this a baseball thing? <laughs> oh, shoot. That must be what it is. They've pitched the questions. We fielded the questions. We're learning a no, lot wait, no. today. They've batted I... the questions. Yeah. The, and they then were batted goes... to us. So we pitched the Q&A episode, they batted the questions, and we and are fielding we them fielded now. them. Mm-hmm. And we are going to get you listeners out. Like, we're going to crush you this game. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say I want to destroy the listeners. Yeah, we, we don't hold back at all. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we need to say? It's, I'm this, just, is a Q&A, this is our second Q&A episode. If you want more, we've done one before. We'll probably do more after. We, uh, I, I do want to say, mm-hmm. in this episode... Um, we answer a question from our first Q&A episode Ooh, yes. about fan casting, and we have a great time. I, this is the most fun we've had on a question just yet. Who would be our ideal live-action fan cast for Scooby-Doo is answered in detail here. If you were sad we skipped it the last time around, we're not skipping it here, not one bit. So definitely feel more than free to, uh, to agree with us, disagree with us. We want to hear your feedback, mm-hmm. and we want you to listen to the rest of this episode. Do, you do that, and if, you, uh, if your question wasn't answered this time, or if you're thinking of new questions, keep sending them to us. We will do more Q&A episodes, and we will get to your questions eventually, unless they suck. We skipped some questions. Are you ready to field these? <laughs> yeah. You fielding me, bro? <laughs> I'm fielding this. The air is so cold down low. <laughs> I'm fielding this. Is it down low? I thought it was this this air is so cold and null for oh, some you know reason. What? Those it probably are the words. is. Friggin Okay. That sounds like a Before we go into this episode, let's answer it. Like a blink one eighty two thing. The air is so cold and null. That does sound like something uh, a band of the early aughts would okay. put together as a uh, I go I typed into Google, the air is so cold and the top three results are null, low, and numb. It's probably it's probably null. I'm pretty sure you're right. The air is so cold and null. It seems like and null, but I never believed that's actually what it was. Yeah. And it's fate fell short this time. So cold I always thought it was we fell short this time. Yeah, it is. Yep. Nope. Fate fell short this time. Smiles fade in the summer. Place your, your hand hell. in mine. I'll leave when I want to. Did you just crack your voice intentionally? Yes. That's how you're supposed to sing the song. Dude, I was fielding this. I'm no longer fielding this. This is Scooby Dudes. Uh, I could have kept going with that. Like, like. I love that song. Do, 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 do. Field good. (laughs) Oh, let's get into it. All right, I'm pressing stop. 
Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. So I was just trying to think of a funny bit to start this podcast with, and Evan kindly offered to write one for me, which might be the most talking down to me thing you said to me in years. Excuse me. <laughs> I was just trying to be considerate. You're, you're like my clippy for comedy. Hey, looks like you're trying to be funny there. Do you need some help? Man, I, you know what? I don't think clippy exists anymore. Really? Yeah, like on Microsoft Word. Oh man. I don't like I don't think that's a reference that like younger people will that's, get. That's kinda sad. I remember when Clippy like kind of liking Clippy. Clippy was cool. I mean it's an animated character in a Word document. That's the biggest spot of color in there. Plus you could swap Clippy out with other uh, anthropomorphic creatures, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that I was just gonna say that. It was fun. It was fun having uh, having other entities give you advice that were not anthropomorphic paper clips. Yeah, they gave you the same advice. It wasn't like Clippy gave you paperclip. Like, are you trying to not, attach a file? Did they not, like, affect certain, uh, certain like, dialectical, um, you know? Yeah, no, there's no change in the written speech patterns. It, it, it's, it's not like Clippy, it was like Clippy, but, but if Clippy were a southern belle. Yeah. Or it wasn't like there was a Scooby Clippy that uh, speaks like Scooby, like, Raishi, you're trying to... <laughs> That's really bad. But... Really bad. Um, welcome to... Welcome to Clippy Dudes. We're here to talk to you about no longer in use Word document features. No, we're here to do a Q&A session. Yeah, I, uh, in our last episode, I was racking my brain of, of this Q&A type. I was racking my hmm. brain trying to figure out what to title these. And it wasn't until after I had already uploaded the episode to SoundCloud that I realized there was a better title. And so I had to go back and retitle uh, everything. What did you title it? What, what did you change it to? Yeah, we're calling these friend interrogations. That's right. Because you and I are friends and these are interrogations. <laughs> yeah. Let make, make no mistake. We've previously so, spoken about so, our, our desired franchising gonna... of Gitmo. This is the first step in that. This is product testing. <laughs> Evan's pointing a light through the webcam. Evan is pointing a light at me. Evan, you know that's not blinding. It's still just a computer screen. It looks like as white as a Word document and no brighter. You will take this seriously. I'm sorry, sir. Anyway, yeah, this is like like it's we said. This is uh this is a little Q and A. Yeah. And we thought it would be really good if we started out this episode, finally answering a question from at Samwise the Wade, who is uh who is Sam, one of our very good friends. She did the first six title cards mm -hmm. for our podcast. Um, she asked us a question that we were never able to uh, to fully answer. We put it off at the time. It was too good and too full, too detailed of a question to give an off-the-cuff answer. We actually decided we were going to take some time, think about it hard, and come back with our clearly thought-out response. What was that question again? Yeah, I'm just going to read it out here. She, like, like I said, she uh, she sent it to us via Twitter. Uh, at, she used the hashtag uh, cues for dudes, which is what mm. you should use if you want to get in on this. But it is a Scooby-Doo live-action fan cast. You can't use anyone who has played the character before. The big challenge with a live-action Scooby-Doo fan cast, as we acknowledged at the time, is that the live-action Scooby-Doo movie that came out in 2002 was so good. It was, so it was a perfect good. fan cast. It was um. So uh, look, if, if you don't mind, I can I can rattle off those names. Please let's let's run through it. So the 2002 Scooby-Doo film 
had uh, Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred. Oh, such a good Fred. I'm sorry to cut in here, but yeah, he no. looks like Fred, and he played a great Fred. His name is Fred. <laughs> His name was Fred. It was too good. He was the prince of Freds. <laughs> and then we have uh, we had Velma, so, who was Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Of uh, Freaks and Who Geeks certainly fame. played to a lot of fantasies of she, Velma. She really did. Yeah. Uh, really, really notably, for Shaggy, we had uh, Matthew Lillard. And that's particularly notable because he still voices the character today. Yeah, he uh, took over for Casey Kasem in the most clear passing of the torch imaginable. In my mind, it's almost sacrilegious to fan cast anyone other than Matthew Lillard as Shaggy because he is Shaggy in voice and in real life. Uh, and then lastly, I, I was going to say her right after Fred, but I got the names mixed up. We, we do have Daphne. That is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, A.K.A. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She played an extremely competent Daphne, and she was well cast as well. Yeah, and and her and Freddie Prince Jr. are still happily married, which for celebrity couples is a feat. And of course, who could forget Neil Fanning as the voice of Scooby Doo? <laughs> Australian stuntman Neil Fanning. Yes, the one and only, whose career has spanned over twenty-five years in over fifty movie, television, and commercial roles, none of which are remembered at all by anyone, with the exception of 2002 Scooby Doo's live-action movie, and that is remembered only in the context of actively looking at the Wikipedia article. And what's incredible is it's not like the actual man who voiced Scooby Doo wasn't available. He was alive and well. Uh, Frank Welker. Frank Welker, who is Fred, like who voices Freddy in the most competent. He's the he is Fred. And is a great voice acting talent besides. Does a very good Scooby-Doo and has been Scooby-Doo for a long time. And he's the original Fred. There's no reason that they shouldn't have just gotten Frank Welker to, uh, to be Scoob. But so, for our purposes, quick question. Are we also casting Scooby-Doo? I have not. I, I, I have no Scooby-Doo casting. I have only cast the four human characters. Fair, fair thing then. Because basically when you're doing Scooby-Doo, you're doing the Scooby-Doo voice. You're not bringing yourself to him. You're just trying to be as faithful to Scooby-Doo as possible. Okay, so we're we're gonna get into this. I really, I really don't mean to uh, to ruin or spoil any of your any of your casting. I do want to come out a little bit ahead, and I do want to ask how many of your characters are Patrick Warburton. Evan, this was hard for me, but Scooby Doo is is uh, sacrosanct in my mind, and so for the purposes of this fan cast, Patrick Warburton plays no one. Yeah, all right. So here's my suggestion. We'll go back and forth. Instead of you going through your four and me going through my four, we'll go back and forth from character to character. So we'll both say, for instance, our Freddy, we'll both say our Velma, both say our Daphne, both say our Shaggy. And can we end on Shaggy? Because I feel like that's a pivotal one. I have it as Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy. I agree completely. I I will also mention, for for the sake of our listeners, I am very wishy-washy. I have multiple multiple actors per character and i'm hoping through discussion with you we'll we'll be able to further narrow that down okay so let's let's start out with you then and talk out your options come to a conclusion for you and i'll share with you mine because i have arrived at one firm character for each i've shared i've shared them with my partner and i've received a little preliminary feedback i am very very eager to hear your thoughts on these all right but to start freddie who are you thinking of casting so uh my the first name that i put down for fred and, and I put down the ages too, because I did think that it was very important that they all look to be roughly around the same age. Okay. And I was kind of aiming for like early, like early to mid twenties, you know, just because they're college kids. That's, that's sort of what I was aiming okay. for. Okay. I think that's something that could be a little fluid, could be open to interpretation, but 
I want to hear your take on this, given that's your starting point. So, so for Fred, my first Fred pick was Ansel Elgort. Wow. Wow. Baby Fred. Baby, baby driver, correct. Baby yeah. driver, indeed. That's not out of the question. But, I mean, really, it's all in the name. Babyface, Baby Driver. Uh, was he um, the space between us? Is that him? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. Or was he the sure. fall in our stars? I don't know. But Ansel I, I believe he had a bit role in a... Maybe the main role? He was in The Fault in Our Stars. I haven't seen it. He had a I main role in one of those teen um, dramas. But Ansel Elgort is a real babyface. I think he has the build. Like I think he has the build for it, and I think he has. I think he could affect the right personality for the role. I've only really seen him in Baby Driver, which is kind of like trying to judge Ryan Gosling's acting capabilities from Drive. Like it's such a reserved character; it's hard to know the range. It's it's a very specific exactly. character. I and and for the purposes of this fan cast. I looked up like interviews with him on like uh, the James Corden show and stuff like that, and and I was satisfied with what I saw. He's he's m- my least favorite of the three Fred actors. I <laughs> three Freds. <laughs> All right, just describe for me who is the Fred that Ansel Elgort plays. What's that Fred like? Which of Fred's qualities will he capture? I, I think I think he's leadery. Hmm. He can be a main character, um, which will come up with some of uh, my other casting. Um, I really. And, and I wasn't able to, to nail this down. I really wanted, um, who was it? Was it Colt? Dylan? Dylan? Dylan Sprouse or Colton Sprouse? I don't, that one is as good as another to me, my friend. But I know they're distinct to you. I was, ju- I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about actors. And some actors, like, can only really do, like, bit parts. They're not, like, fo- they're not, like, main, main They can't roles. carry something. And I think that Ansel Elgort can, can anchor can anchor a cast. Not super familiar with him, so I'll take your word for that one, but let's move on to number two, because I need a point of comparison. Who's next? This next one I really, really like, um, and I had to look up his name and be reminded of, because he's done, like, almost nothing. His name is is Dacre, or Dacra. It's D-A-C-R-E, like Dacre, I think, Montgomery. And Dacre Montgomery is Jason in the Power Rangers reboot. Ah, which I haven't seen, but you have... And he you like told me he's good. he really exudes that sort of like all American. Just like if you look at his face, you're like, yeah, this guy could be Fred Jones. I I can see it just looking at him. All right, I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down with this fella. So so, so Ansel Ansel and Dacre, uh, the former is 23, the latter is 22. They're a bit younger. Um, my last pick, and I sort of base it off his voice because Fred has a very, very uh, recognizable voice. He does. Fred, again, I, I just mentioned it, he's voiced by Frank Welker, who is, next to Patrick Warburton, my all-time favorite voice actor. He defines Fred, and he makes Fred so bland and so straight down the middle cut, he's distinct. He's completely unique. So, so my last Fred pick is 27 years old, uh, and that's Ross Butler. Oh boy, I mean, you're sending me to IMDb, bro. Yeah, so Ross Butler was Reggie on the Riverdale show, um, and he was also in 13 Reasons Why, which I have not seen. But the reason I picked him was he sort of has, like, a Freddish look. He's half Asian, so obviously not, like, bang on. He's got a very but Fred the face. Way, the, yes, he has a Fred va- face, and the way he delivers his lines, I really, I think, suits the character very well. I think you nailed it, dude. I, I'm going to have to throw out the other two options and not even leave them on the table for you, because this guy's got to be it. So, uh, how about your friend? I, th- I think that's good. No, I-, I really did like my pick of Ross Butler, and-, and I'm glad that he has your stamp of approval. I think that is excellent, and frankly, I would switch mine to yours if I could. But I've made my decision. This is the most out there of my choices. 
Okay, all right. I want to give it a little context first. I'll lay a little groundwork. Fred is the leader of the group. This is played with in some series, but I think it's established. Fred is the one that wants the wants the mystery. He's passionate about the mysteries. He's very good-natured. He's naively kind. Um, and he's kind of... Uh, he's a little witless at times. And I think somebody who could play that very well, although the age is wrong... Oh, the, okay, the way that you've described him, I have an actor in mind, and I'm very oh, curious to oh see... Oh, gosh, please tell me who you think it is first. Okay, hold on, let me let me look him up. I don't think you're going to guess um, it right. Because this is... Oh, man, I feel like I'm really shaming myself with this thing, but I want to see this person play Fred. You... Okay, hold on. It's, um... Uh, the, per- the person you described, I think, to a T is Jack McBrayer. Oh my gosh. He's Kenneth from 30 Rock. You describe someone who's like kind and, and, and witless. That, that is Kenneth. him to a T. Okay, I'm just going to roll it out there and say it. My selection for Fred is John Hamm. Oh, what? So you went very old. I went very old, but I like that because I think... Okay, so John Hamm's chops aside from his age, he is a talented comedic actor who also can turn dark and dramatic on a dime. Uh, baby driver. Yeah. That's all I we, need to say. We just say talked there. about baby driver. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think he has the build of Fred, and I think his age can contribute to the reason why everyone follows his lead. Why it's not so, a very democratic group. Would you say that there there are some big age gaps in your uh, in your casting? There are. By the way, can I just say um, I am loving this episode. I'm having a blast doing this. This is so this much. This is maybe fun. the most fun I've. I've, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. I don't think... I can, I'm, like, dying to know who your people are, and I'm dying to share with you who mine are. Anyways, John Hamm, I think, would be an amazing Fred because I think Fred is naive, but I want to see John Hamm play Fred also for the little moments of seriousness. I want him to give Fred a little, like... When somebody says, like, I don't care about the mystery, Fred looks at them, and you think, this guy might break my neck. Yeah, you know what? It's... I, I think the... Since I tried so hard to to put them all in the same like age demo, I'm really fascinated. Like I'm I'm so intrigued as to, as to what your cast is ultimately going to look like. And I'm for our listeners, um, if you head to our website scoobydudes.com, I will be putting a page together where I sort of oh, Photoshop yes. together what our respective uh, Mystery Inc. gangs will look like, which I think will be a lot of fun and will help you to see, to see the it. faces that we have envisioned. So you don't have to Google or IMDb any of these yeah. faces. Yeah, I've just Googled every person that Evan listed to me. Uh, yeah, I think it will change Scooby Doo having having John Hamm as Fred. Frankly, your person for Fred, I think, is a better pick. I I'm I'm man enough to admit that. I, honestly, my my Shaggy picks are all over the oh, place. My Shaggy so pick I, is my proudest I think pick. You'll, I yeah, I think you're gonna do much I think better. I've there. beaten the Matthew Lillard conundrum of Shaggy, but we're not there yet. Ooh, what a high bar! That, what a high bar! A, how, okay, yeah. so let, let's flip it. With Daphne, you, you go first, and I'll okay. go second. So my pick for Daphne, um, funny enough, talking a little bit about 30 Rock, my pick is Ellie Kemper. Oh, interesting. I, okay, interesting. so here's my thing. Ellie Kemper um, uh, is the star of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and we know her from a Derek comedy sketch much earlier, which I will not reference in detail. Um, uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's called Blowjob Girl. It is, yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not that dirty. Uh, but Ellie Kemper has got his great bubbly, fun energy, and I feel like she'll take Daphne from the stick in the mud prissy girl to the the fun bubbly girl, and I feel like she'll also play off John Hamm really well. That is so. Oh, so uh, you're really. I feel like you're really adding a lot of dimension to Daphne as a character with that pick. 
Uh, if if Ellie Kemper plays the type. I, I think she does. Ellie Kemper has a particular style that she's great at. She studied at UCB. She's a talent, uh, un, unquestionable. I am trying to define Scooby-Doo by these actors. I'm taking it in a new direction. But I, 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 am, I do think that would work well. I think like Be Cool Scooby-Doo, as we will eventually explore, redefines Daphne in a way that gives her more dimension. I want to do the same here. So that's my thinking. Ellie Kemper is my pick. All right. Very interesting. Uh, so I, I only have two picks for, for Daphne. Um, the first one, and I know you're going to you're going to type this in. Um, she was uh, she was opposite Zendaya in a movie in a Disney show called Shake It Up. Uh, her name is Bella Thorne. I actually, yeah, you talked to me about her previously and I looked her no, up. No, I haven't. This is the first time I've ever brought up Bella. Thorne. <laughs> we <laughs> no. have never in our friendship in our relationship it's never we've never discussed her before didn't she post a masturbation video on twitter at some point okay you know you have to cut that out sorry (laughs) also where can i find this bit no you know what Uh, it's just on one of those disgusting sites out there oh yeah i know but there's so many of them like which one which okay you've cut out you've cut all of that out all right um bella thorne does look like a uh a very very daphne-ish from my understanding, Bella Thorne is not a natural redhead. That hardly matters. Sarah Michelle Gellar wasn't. Nope. Um, but she, and she's 19, and she kind of, yeah, she has that look. She's, she's like a teen, she's like a college-age, like, teen girl. And she's, you know, a little bit, like, prissier, maybe. She's, she's, like, a, she's like a mean girl. That's kind of, like, her, her like, mold. Yeah. She's, po- she's like, a popular, she's a cool kid. I, th- I think this looks like Daphne. This is an accurate Daphne fan cast. And I've never seen Bella Thorne in anything, but I, I believe she could play Daphne. I really, really like my other pick. Ooh, lay it on me. Because that one seems pretty um, good. I'm curious how you're going to top that. The thing is that she is old. She was older than... I was really trying to keep my cast from, like, 19 and 25. Um, and this actor is uh, hmm. is 29. Um, did you ever watch The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? A tiny little bit. Uh, I, I watched it a lot in Thailand. Like, we had, like, the Disney yeah. Channel. It's not Ashley Tisdale who was like... That's what I thought you were going to say. No, no, it, it, I'm, I, I don't want Ashley Tisdale. I want Brenda's song. Asian, right? Yeah. she's. Uh, I think she's half Thai, half Hmong. And she was on a, she was on, like, she was a few on episodes of like New Girl. New Girl. But, she was Winston's girlfriend. That's right. Brenda's song is great. Brenda's song has like this... She has like this energy. Uh, very similar to like Ellie Kemper, I guess. But she just has like... She like exudes so much energy. And I would love to see that applied to uh, applied to Daphne. Yeah, man. I think she she could totally play the Daphne type of personality. Straight down the middle, she could nail that. Uh, question, would you make her a redhead? I don't but, I don't think I would. I don't think it would look very good. I don't think so either, no. Uh, which which means that my... And, and you know what? I'm just going to... I think I'm, I'm just going to stick with that. Because um, I, I like... I ultimately like Brenda Song more than I like Bella Thorne, which would make my Fred and Daphne both Asian, which was not like my original intention. I, I don't think that's bad at all. I, I kind of like that Fred and, and Daphne are both Asian, and I think uh, Brenda Song is the better pick for Daphne. So I, I can go first for Velma. We'll just keep like switching back and forth. Yeah, well, lay it on me. Who's your first pick for Velma? My first pick for Velma, I don't like... I really wish that I hadn't done such like safe picks, and I have another... I have like, another list of people that were like a little more out there. Like like my original, the original Velma that I wanted, I, we, before we started recording this, we were talking about friends from college, which I cannot recommend to any of our listeners. It's not very good. Um, but there's this woman uh, who plays a character named Marianne as one of the one of the primary cast. She's Korean. Her name is uh, Jae Seo Park. So J A E space S U H space Park. 
and I really like her delivery. I think she's a very good... I would love to see her in more stuff. And you know what is fascinating to me? Is that Jaysa Park is the spouse of Randall Park. Randall Park. Okay, she must be funny then. Even if she wasn't funny to Stark... She is really funny. Randall Park is like one of the funniest actors on television to me right now. One of those people who is just naturally funny at apparently whatever he does. You know what? Now I'm real. Sorry. Can I can I make like a brief diversion? Because I feel like we're Do all. Do you want to make this. Randall Park Fred? My first, the first cast that I put together was a much older Mystery Inc. And and I was sort of like I sort of set a challenge mm. up for myself to like I wanted like just a full Asian like Mystery Inc. So it never occurred to me to cast Randall Park as Fred, but he oh, would okay. be my Fred. And then it was Brenda Song as Daphne, uh, Jaysa Park as Velma, and then my Shaggy and. I'll, I might as well just hit it now before we get to that. Have you heard of the movie The Perfect Score? Yeah, I've seen The Perfect Score, I think. Yeah, it's it's about... It stars, like, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson before they got big. Oh, yeah, that was good. I, that was the one where they were stealing test results. Yeah, they were they were trying to steal the SAT uh, results so that they could ace, ace the SATs. Yeah. Oh, that dude who was also um, in, whatchamacallit, uh, Traveling Pants. Yes, yeah, his name is Leonardo Nam. I think he's Argentinian or something. But he's he is like a um, he's Asian, and his performance in the Perfect Score is like I I think very perfect Shaggy. I think just like really really good. Like he's Shaggy in well he's a stoner in that movie. But I thought he would have been great. The thing is now he's thirty eight, has really slimmed down, which I guess is not bad for Shaggy. He's in Westworld. <gasps> yes, he plays Felix. He's great in Westworld. Yeah, he's like a dot. He's in a dot. He's a scientist or something. I I haven't seen him. Oh, you know this. Totally different character, but he's good. So that was my that was my original like like thirty plus uh, mystery Inc. Asian cast. I I gotta say I, I don't know Leonardo Nam. I think he could do a good job as as Shaggy. The real gem there, just because I know his work. Randall Park would be any. Randall Park is Fred. You might have topped both of our Fred picks with that one, at least in that age range. Randall Park is Fred, is like a revelation. That oh my gosh, Randall. I just now I just want to talk about Randall Park. <laughs> I, now I, I don't want to get back on topic. But that was just your first Velma pick, right? You aren't even out your second yet. No, that was that like, um, Jaysa Park. We don't know how old she is. She might be like forty-two, oh. but she was she was aged out of like my my demo. So I was talking about, sorry, just to oh, go yeah. all the way back to what I was talking about, I was discussing playing to type. Bring his bag in. And how I kind of, I feel bad pigeonholing um, actors. I feel bad sort of like mm. putting them in this box because like that's all they've ever done. But I thought that Ariel Winter of Modern Family would be a good Velma. You know who that is. Oh, I, I definitely know who that is. Ariel Winter plays Velma every week on Modern Family. It, it, I don't feel like Ariel Winter is that great. Oh man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Is that great of an actress that you want to give her a role that's totally different? I feel like she she'll do fine if she stays pigeonholed. Yeah, no, it's it's extremely safe. Um, it's an extremely yeah. safe pick. Um, the other one was Piper Curda, who's also 19 years old. C U R D A Curda, uh, and she was on a Disney show. I tried going to Disney shows, and because that's where a lot of like young talent comes out of. She was on a show called. Um, I didn't do it, and I like that entire cast, so I felt fine um, choosing Piper. Um, so, so, so I don't know. What, what do you think between the two? I've never seen Piper Curta's work, but she, she looks like a perfect Velma. Like she looks like she could really nail Velma. 
Modern Family's Alex, I, I feel like is a little too safe, and I don't feel like she's a strong enough actor to really carry Vilma. I think all she would be doing is sniping from a distance. Which, which, which is some iterations of Velma. That is one aspect of Velma, but somehow the character is more multidimensional than I think the actor can uh, can provide. So I'd say... I'll do respect to Ariel Winter. I, I do think you're correct. So three quarters of my cast are Asian, completely unintentionally. Man. Who, who's, who's your Velma? I really want to know. All right. So my Velma is also Asian and is not super young, but looks like 10 years old in that I've picked Charlene Yi. Oh, for my Velma. I she she's very small. She's like a she's like a tiny she's person. She's tiny. <laughs> yeah. I I've been seeing her in We Bear Bears a lot, and I love that cartoon. It's a great cartoon, uh, and she does great voice acting work, and she's a great comedian. I feel like she could really nail the meek nature of Velma, and I, when she snipes, it'll mean that much more. I mostly know Charlene Yee from Knocked Up, the the Judd Apatow movie Knocked Up, uh, which I haven't seen. She plays a really weird character on that. Tr- on that uh, movie, in that movie, she almost always plays the friend, right? She just plays like a really weird character. I I don't even really know how to describe it. Is she's like she's like off-putting, she's like off-puttingly odd. So I think I mean Charlene Yee would definitely be Scooby-Doo Apocalypse Velma in that she's closer to the ground than she is anyone else's shoulders, including Scooby. Uh, I, I just think she could do really well with that character. She has that she has that like Velma haircut in like a lot of these pictures. Yeah. I, I would just be thrilled to see what she does with it, especially compared to, like, John Hamm, who's, like, kind of a big actor, and Ellie Kemper, who's an, a very big actor. Charlene Yee is a very subtle comedy presence. All right. Uh, so now that, we're, now that we're flipping back, you're on, uh, you're on, for, you're on for Shaggy, and then, I'll, and then we'll try to narrow down mine. I, I really think I only have, like, two, because I think my last... You know, I'll, 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 I'll read them all out anyway all right well i'll i'll begin by saying who i eliminated from the running for shaggy in that i wanted to cast thomas middleditch because he is one of my all-time favorite improvisers and i think he's a great acting talent i do i do like him a lot i do think he's he's phenomenal he's a phenomenal actor i i ultimately passed tommy over tommy middy ditch over even though i think he'd be great in the role there is a better person so good that it made me question if i was casting it if i would choose matthew lillard or this person for shaggy and my choice is ultimately going to be Donald Glover. Aha! Uh-huh. Donald Glover. Here comes the justification. Donald Glover has uh, a shaggy, acceptable shaggy type build. He can act scared. He can joke around. He can be chummy. He can be very sweet. I think he has the full range of shaggy covered and a little extra spot of humanity. I think I really wanted my, like, I really wanted my friend to be black. And I like, and you know, I kind of went out of my way. I was because here's the thing: because I was doing a specific age range, I kept typing in like actors under twenty five, actors under thirty, because there are all these IMDb lists. Mm. And let me yeah. tell you, once you see enough like handsome, chiseled white guys, they blend. They all look the same. <laughs> it's like it was like I was scrolling through photo albums of the same person. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And so I I like needed to type in like, like. Asian actors under 30 or like black actors under 30 because if you did if you only did like mm. they're all the sa- like they all look like the same all guy. white dudes and I like that we both had this object I don't know if it's an objective for me it was an objective that I'm not going to have an all white cast that's been done that's we've been there this is 2017 we should have some color in our Scooby-Doo cast besides Scooby Donald Glover I I obviously don't hate it I'm I'm just like it's it's hard to imagine him because def- Shaggy 
he would redefine Shaggy by stepping yeah. into that role. He he can do. I mean, he's not going to do like the voice spot on, but he like Donald Glover can do voices. He can do exasperated. He can do high and squeaky. I mean, he, Ellie Kemper in that sketch was in Derek a Derek comedy sketch, which was Donald Glover long before Community. I really like your cast. I think your cast is very good. I am very very proud of my cast, and I even have an idea of a voice actor for Scooby, um, who is a wild card indeed. Um, but is it Patrick Warburton? No, it's not Patrick Warburton. I wanted to, but I didn't. Uh, but I'll save that for a capper. That's my sco- That's my Shaggy. I'm proud of it. But well, who are your various Shaggies? I I was really unhappy with my Shaggy picks. Um, I just found I just th- thought that like Shaggy is a very because I couldn't do like Leonard Nam of like 2000 and like three. It would be a very different question to say whoever you want from whenever. Yeah. So so the first actor I have down for Shaggy, 24 years old. Ezra Miller, mm. uh, who's the new Flash in the Justice League movie. I like Ezra Miller. I think he he could play a, a good Shaggy. I'm I'm tempted to qualify that as he could play a decent Shaggy. I haven't seen him in enough stuff to see how he acts in that, how much goofy range he has. He's kind of goofy in the Justice League trailers. I've really only seen him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. I mean, he is the only part of Justice League that looks good. Yeah. I'll totally hop on that. <laughs> Um, but I think that's a, that's a good pick. Feels a little safe. So I'm curious to hear who your other ones are. Yeah, a little safe. What I had initially titled this cast list as is standard Hollywood mm. Scooby Pop fan That's cast. what it feels like, yeah. And so it was like Ansel Elgort, Bella Thorne, Ariel Winter, Ezra Miller. Like all white, all like hot and like, you know, like, like people love them. Their cheekbones are right where they should be. Oh yeah. Yeah. My next Shaggy was, um, and you're going to have to type this in, Avan, A-V-A-N, uh, Jogia, J-O-G-I-A. And I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly. He was on Victorious, which was a Nickelodeon show. Um, a lot of people wanted him to be Aladdin. Yeah. Dang, that guy has hair for days. Yeah, he's very shaggy. Ah. And he played kind of like a laid-back dude on Victorious. Like, he was able to, like, overact and sort of, like, affect that whole, like, scared shaggy demeanor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy who doesn't doesn't care about anything except sometimes for comedic effect. And then my last pick, I I just threw this on here, and I don't even really know why. I think I would just like I was so desperate, like I really wanted, like circa whatever circa early aughts Leonardo Nam that I was like. So you oh. tried to find the next closest thing. Yeah, I was I was trying so hard, and <laughs> I came across um, you know Freddie Wong, right? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, the kid from Video Game High School? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking of, like, Freddie Wong's brother, Jimmy Wong, oh. who is 30 years old but does not look like he's 30. That's right, and he plays the the race car guy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Jimmy Wong would play an excellent Shaggy. I think that's the pick. So so basically, you're telling me that inadvertently I, I have cast, like, an all-Asian uh, Mystery Incorporated. You cast a few non-Asian people, but almost conspicuously not as good picks for those. <laughs> Almost as if you wanted me to tell you to make it an Asian cast. Man, I I'm really happy with uh, I'm really happy with how this turned out. I I'm very thrilled too. I love that you did an all Asian cast, and I'm still very happy with my cast. I I really like the direction that my this movie would have to go to have the characters it has, or the actors. So it has. I'm gonna I'm going to just type yours down so that I can Photoshop those later. And you don't have to uh, Photoshop this in. Doesn't have to be on the record, but. For the record, I wanted to cast as Scooby-Doo's voice, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Huh. All right. Okay. I love his voice. 
I also really like Charlie Day's voice. I I am not a uh, I'm not an avid watcher of It's Always Sunny, yeah. but I really like all of his line delivery. Charlie Day, and I'm I'm not alone in this. The entire cast of Always Sunny will con- concur and confirm. Charlie Day is the funniest part of that show. He he's everything he needs to be in there. He has so much range with his voice. I know a guy here in the Twin Cities named Dan. He has got a voice like Charlie's, like kind of raspy and tons of vocal fry. It's adorable. I love it. That is great. That's really good. Uh, so that thank listeners, thank you for um, humoring us. I had a really great time. I hope that you guys like that. I I had some long drives for work. No joke. I sat in my car for like two hours and thought about this question. <laughs> That's a half an hour of talking, a product of hours of thought. Ah. Uh. Let's get into the other questions now that we've we've um, handled Sam's question. Sam, again, thank you so much uh, for asking that question. It was a really good one. I loved it. Um, and yeah, let's get into some other questions. What else did our beloved fans ask of us? Uh, so uh, let me get Twitter out of the way first. So from at Killa Carl, uh, Killa Carl asked a very simple question, uh, and that is, who would win in a fight, Flim Flam or Scrappy? Hmm, that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, do you have a knee-jerk reaction, Evan? Do you know who's going to win this off the top of your head? When I thi- Well, I'm trying to think of the size. I'm trying to picture them next to each other, and I feel like Flim Flam is easily twice the size of Flim Scrappy. Flim Flam has at least a head on Scrappy. The, the flip side of that is that Scrappy is a dog. And Scrappy, it's in the name. He's a Scrappy fighter. Scrappy is going to get down and dirty. Scrappy has exhibited... As, as I've said a number of times, super canine strength. Scrappy regularly holds over his head full-grown men and women who have to be many, many times his weight. Flim Flam's real tool is that he's conniving. He's sneaky. He's almost got a degree of plot armor. He's so sneaky. Like, you can't get one up on him. Just just to come out and, and give my uh, give my answer, I think that this is Flim Flam's fight to win. You know, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, I think this is an underdog story. I would not want to go up against Scrappy. I'm thinking of me, like, if I had to fight either of these guys, I would rather fight Flim Flam any day of the week. Scrappy, as you said, has super canine strength and, uh, and a tenacity. He's just, uh, he's never gonna give up. I, I think part of the thing is, Scrappy is also regularly saved from the jaws of death that's the thing is that flim flam's gonna go for a punch and scooby's gonna just pull scrappy back a little bit whiffs the air no 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 no, no, no this no, is no, a vacuum no, no. scooby's there, not here there are, yeah there there are no there are no tag-ins it's just flim flam v scrappy dawn of justice no, i i'm on your side now because i like the visual this is creating where scrappy's coming at flim flam like scrappy has too much confidence because he's never had a real fight flim flam grew up on the streets a, a little racial um, Flim Flam was a gutter rat. We know that about him. I have we come. To, you think this is a good conclusion that we've come to? I think this is a good conclusion. I'm I'm scared of Scrappy, but I concur with Evan. Flim, this is Flim Flam's fight. By the way, listeners, I am aware of all of these questions. This is always Luke's first time hearing the questions. Yeah, because <laughs> I I conduct like Luke edits the podcast, but I do like everything else. Literally everything else. Like if you ever see a Twitter post and you're like, I wonder who did that. Don't wonder. It was Evan. Um. So so at Beth underscore Larder, uh, our friend Beth. Yeah. Larder. Thanks, Beth. She asks, as actual millennials. Yeah, you and I, born in 1990, yeah. we're millennials. As actual millennials. How would you have redesigned the appearance of the gang for Scooby Apocalypse? Yeah, let's do that a little bit. I mean, I just would, I just make them look regular. Is that like too much to ask? Like, I wouldn't give uh, Shaggy like like this curlicue 
mustache and and these tattoos. Like I wouldn't go that route. So you're not you're not gonna assign them contemporary Breakfast Club roles, if you will. I mean, you're just if, gonna make... if anything, the person who should have you know the man bun, mm. Fred. Fred would have a that man bun. That should definitely be Fred should have the man bun. Yeah, definitely. Fred would have a man bun and a beard. I know this is weird to frame, but that's not Shaggy. Like, Shaggy's not trendy enough to, to have those uh, fashion choices. Yeah, I agree completely. Shaggy's a baggy t-shirt guy no matter what age he's in. One of my major criticisms of modernizations of, of cartoon characters, and, and you see this a lot in the Rugrats, and I cannot remember if we mentioned this in Scooby Apocalypse, but whenever they age up comic book or sorry cartoon characters like the rugrats which are a perfect example because they're literal babies there's only up to age yeah everyone is they're all really hot and like Mm. really well dressed they're all like fashionable and i think realistically speaking people aren't all they don't all fit like that h&m abercrombie and fitch do you know what i mean They they don't all they shouldn't all fit that aesthetic they're different people really nobody passes through that department store on the way to puberty that doesn't happen. So, like, sure, I can imagine, like, maybe Daphne is wearing, like, high-waisted, like, jean shorts or something, which are, like, they, they trend in and out, depending on the year. A lot of modernizations just try to make people really sexy. I just think, like, there's a middle ground where yeah. you're not too trendy and you're also not unfashionable, and I think that that's where the Scooby gang lives. Yeah, and that's the best place to take them. I think it's a common pitfall and an understandable one, that it, when you look through characters through a certain lens... You want it to be the best version of them that comes out of the other side. But if you make it too perfect, it's not real anymore. It's fake and it's unrelatable. So, so that's my answer. Um, uh, are we good with this question? Cause we kinda, I think we're good on that question. Yeah, How would we redesign uh, the Scooby gang for the modern day? Well, we'd put them in modern day clothes. Asked and answered. Yeah, which, is, which I think is what Jim Lee did not do. I do not believe Jim Lee put them in modern day clothes when he redesigned them. Now we go to Facebook. Facebook, Michael Scott. That's his actual name. I'm not. I'm not Mikey. making that up. Uh, Michael Scott asks what I think is a fairly straightforward question, which is which is helpful. It is, what is your favorite and least favorite Scooby Doo series, and why? Dang, You're gonna make us pick favorites here. Well, favorite for me, be cool Scooby Doo. That's gonna be a knee jerk quick yeah. answer for me. I just really love that series. It's what got me back into Scooby Doo, and I'll love it forever for that reason alone. You yeah, and and it's so hard. Yeah. Because you like different Scooby-Doo shows for different reasons. Like, I love Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Just because you can watch, like, any episode, and it's not always hilarious, but it's like, you, you're you so into it, because it's so classic. Yeah. The animation in the uh, original Where Are You, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, is the best. To me, that's the best animation. And and you have, that, like, when that theme song starts playing, it, like, hits you, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is Scooby-Doo. Like, this is great. Oh, yeah, it... The nostalgia factor alone makes it something that it, I should have answered like you, Evan. It you go to different shows for different things. Be cool, Scooby Doo is just always going to have a special place in my heart. But then again, so well, where are you? I I do think that Be Cool is uh, is probably my choice as well, though. Like I really really like Be Cool, Scooby Doo, which is kind of a tragedy because I think that's probably going to be one of the least remembered in the Scooby Doo canon. This is interesting um, to say, and I've been meaning to share this with yeah, you. I guess on. I'll say it on the podcast. Is apparently um, Matthew Lillard. Uh, Kate oh, yeah. Micucci and she voices um, Velma. Frank Welker. Um, Matthew Lillard posted to his Instagram a video of them all recording, and it looks like they're doing a new <gasps> show. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is, yeah, really exciting. 
um, just to see like what direction they'll take next. Oh my gosh, I love that. And Kate Micucci is a great Velma. I think she's, she's a very, very good Velma. She makes sense as Velma for a live action too, though I think it's fair that we avoided her because she presently is Velma. Which is what was one of the stipulations mm-hmm. of the question. I have I have my least favorite if you do. I, I don't have mine handy, but what's yours? My least favorite Scooby-Doo series is Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue. Oh, gosh. Yeah, how did it's I even... so you know, bad. Here's why I didn't think of that right away, because I had successfully blocked memories of that series. Like, you don't even think of it as a Scooby-Doo show. It's true, I don't. No, I don't even a little bit. It's just such a... It's bad, but it's bad for a Scooby-Doo show. It's not good even independent of that legacy. I mean, we're going to cover it again soon, but it's bad. Yeah, it's, at some point, we're going to hit it up again, but it's not... Yeah, it's not a very good uh, show. I, I'm... Uh, I really feel like we took it to task in that first episode where we talked about it. We didn't take it to task hard enough. It's like, I feel like a parent who's like, I hate spanking my kid, but man, I should have spanked this kid harder. <laughs> is that is that what you want to go with as well? Yeah, that is exactly what I'm going to go with. It doesn't feel fair to say 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which is kind of interesting, even, in, even though it's so uneven. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue is not just uneven, it's wrong. I'm a nihilistic atheist, but that, like, goes against my religion. All right, okay. I don't believe in God, but that made me believe in Satan. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. Um, that is a great question, a very fair question. Now you know we love Equal Scooby-Doo, so get excited when we're going to cover that. And we hate oh my gosh. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue, so get very excited when we're going to cover that. We're coming up on an hour. We have maybe, like, four-ish questions. Do we want to keep trying to get through them? Gordon sent us Let's knock them out. so many. Let's uh, let's knock them out. Let's we'll try and handle them quick. Some of them sent two, and I'm only going to choose the best one. I, okay. I do want to do both of Ashley's though. Ashley Constant, a uh, friend of mine, uh, classmate, peer, sends a question. The first of them is: If you could create your ideal Scooby-Doo villain, what would they look like, and what would their motivation be? This might take a little bit of time, so how about we we uh, we tag team this one? All right. So, what's the ideal Scooby-Doo villain look like? Well, first of all, are they a a humanoid or are they a creature? I, w- I, I think they need to be humanoid. I think that's mm. important. Yeah. I also think I also think they need to be a ghost. Because I think that's a very easy explanation. There's, you know, they're haunting a place. Like, ghosts haunt places. It gives it a sense of history to say, like, this is the ghost that's yeah. been haunting this place for so much time. Yeah, I agree. It has to be a ghost. It has to be a person. And some kind of robe thing. He, what, what I think is a lot of fun for, for Scooby-Doo is you take a ghost, and that ghost is themed based on who the person was while they were living. Wait, so... You know, like, like, like their occupation or, like, who they were affects, like, like the qualities of their ghost. So, like, oh, this is haunted by the, the ghost of, of Jimmy the Baker. And so it's a ghostly who, like, chases around with a rolling pin and all this stuff. Like, that kind of thing? Right, oh, okay. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, as if... It's not, it's never just, like, Jimmy in, like, his streetwear. Yeah. It's Jimmy in, like, yeah, in, like, his apron. As the baker. They never die off the clock. That's the real tragedy, is that they have to haunt the world as their occupation. No one ever sees past to Jimmy, good old just Jimmy. So, so what, what's an occupation that we don't think has been done before? Doctor? Gynecologist? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Plumber? You don't think that it's a compelling story to have the, uh, the the phantom, the ghost of a gynecologist haunting the halls of this OBGYN. It's going to be so bad. I don't want to see that Scooby-Doop, man. I don't want to see that Scooby-Doop, and neither do you. Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> they, uh, they put Shaggy up on the stirrups. 
Scooby's holding Shaggy's sweaty hand. We're just gonna be okay. And the gynecologist is so overwhelmed by the scrappy emerging from Shaggy's body. Oh no. Uh, I mean, like, no, it's a great answer. I just don't want it to be. What's their motivation? I think their motivation is that they're, uh, maybe, oh, oh, maybe they're like, um, maybe they're pro life and they want to get the clinic. This is. A, gynecolo- a, gy- a, a gynecologist. God, what's wrong with me? A gynecologist who p- exclusively performs abortions at Planned Parenthood, which, as we all know, is the only thing they do with public money. And and he's pro-life, and, and so he wants to shut the place down. Oh, no, no. that's who the person playing the ghost yeah, is. Yeah, oh, wh- okay. whoever, whoever is inside. Right, correct. Yeah, that's why they want to shut the clinic down. Because they don't really understand, like, I don't know, like, feminine health isn't important to them. Yeah, they're, they're e- extremely underinformed about the place they work. They're, they're a pro-Trump person that works at Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Do you, okay, do you like that? Because I kind of like I it. I like it. It's so political. It's <laughs> so edgy. We've gone down abortion road, dude. I didn't want to specifically specify abortions. I kind of just, I think it's fine if we... Well, that's if, what pro-life is. That's the issue, man. Look, I want to talk about pro-life, but let's not get into abortion. They just like living, okay? They're pro-life. Look, here's what I like about pro-lifers. They don't talk about abortion. It's pro-choicers that are always bringing up that uncomfortable subject. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't like any of this. You're right. This went I, down a- I'll be straight with you, dude. I love the idea of a gynecologist. Yeah, thank you. Uh, ghost. It's great. It's so edgy. Like, not only can I not imagine them doing it, I cannot imagine us airing it. But I'll find I, yeah, a way. Like, I, I think it's perfect because, like, may Daphne or Velma go in for their, like, oh, yearly examination or whatever, right? <laughs> and that's how they're like, oh, no, like a ghost. In, in a place where I thought I was, like, you know, like, safe. And, this is so real. Not so real. It's unreal. But it's so... <laughs> uh, mm. Oh, man. Let's, let's move on to Ashley's next question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is spe- specifically for you. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Ashley says, for Luke, and then in brackets, who I've never met but will still judge harshly. Give it to me. Judge me, Ash. What's the deal with shipping ageless beings with younger mortal guys? So, um, in our last friend interrogation episode, yeah, what did I do? You said that one of your ships was Marceline and Finn, and I have also shared with Ashley that you also ship um, Amethyst and Stephen. So she's asking you, "What's your damage, dude? What's your what's your problem?" First of all, Steven's age is ill-defined. He ages when he chooses to age, so that is a fluid thing. He's like 15 years old canonically. I think it's 15. Canonically, but remember when he was staying the same size for a long time and then he bumped up? He like had a self-imposed puberty? I do remember that, yes. That happened. And when it happens again, it'll happen at his choice. Amethyst, you could say, is a thousand years old, but her, her emotional and her mental age is clearly not that. So, that's my justification for Steven Universe. I recognize the one I really have to justify myself on is Finn and Marceline. I think you have to justify both. I'm, I'm kind of with Ashley on this one. Well, Marceline, too, she stops aging at a certain point. It's not the number of uh, candles on the cake. It's what age... Wow, man, I really don't... <laughs> okay, Ashley, you and me are judging me both. But... It's not the number of candles on the cake. Hey, there's no good ending to that sentence. 
<laughs> it's not the candles it's on the cake. It's how you blow them it's out. Not, it's so gone. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but no, really. She said, like, clearly she stopped aging at age 25 max. And Finn, as we all know, is going to keep aging. We've seen him older in Adventure Time. And I'm not all caught up on Adventure Time. I only watch that show with my little sister, who I only see at Christmas. And we don't have enough time to catch up on it all the way. So don't... Finn will catch up to Marceline at a certain point. And they will be a personality, emotional, and physical match at that time. That's not even a question in my mind. In, in your defense, I will share with you that Ashley ships Jeff and Annie from Community. Me too. Me too, Ashley. I wanted to come out and judge you on that one, Ashley. But oh, you're both, you're both monsters. Oh, jeez, dude, come on. You and her, no, you and her both are, are dead it's, to me. I want it. I want it, man. I want to it's see that gross. happen. It's gross. It's a gross ship. But still. Oh, I don't like it at all. So, yeah, I think I'm well justified on both of those. It's oh, yeah. not an ageless being, I don't think. It's not that strictly defined. Okay, you sicken me. We're moving on. <laughs> Cody Madison is next. Oh, sick, Cody. Cody asks, who is a writer or artist? You'd like to see do something with Scooby-Doo in any medium. So this is like film, this is TV, this is comic books, anything. And we're just picking one creative mind. If I had to pick probably my top ranked creative, I'm going to go animation because that's kind of the kick that I'm on lately. Oh, wow. I also went animation. My top ranked animation talent, Rebecca Sugar is hard to top. And that's Steven Universe. Rebecca Sugar does Steven Universe. I don't need to tell Cody that. Uh, Cody knows his animation quite well. That's a good question. Okay, so let me throw mine out there. Satoshi Wagahara. And so Satoshi Wagahara is the mind uh, responsible uh, for The Devil is a Part-Timer. Ooh, you, you like that one a lot. Which is, is what, like, hands down, like, one of my all-time favorite animes. I love it so much. I just really love the humor. It's just really, really funny. And I would love to see... Um, he, he was responsible for both the uh, the light novel and the manga. Uh, not the anime itself. But, you know, he he wrote the original source material. I believe that all that is him. He is who I would want to uh, to give Mystery Inc. over. I would love to see what he could do with the cast of characters. The next one, let's just tag team this one. Mm. Um, pitch your ideal Scooby-Doo direct-to-video movie. And I think, I think all we really need to do is just choose like a i don't know it, it's it's either a crossover of some kind a la wrestlemania or or it's some sort of or it's some sort of setting you mm. know like scooby-doo on the moon or something like that yeah it's either scooby-doo meets or scooby-doo goes to all right scooby-doo and the gang dude i know i can see it i can see it in your eyes <laughs> yeah it is they have to they have to visit a fertility center who is it is it fred and daphne trying to get pregnant I don't see why not. That is a big part of uh, Friends from College that I did find very refreshing in that it's not seen. It's not. It covers done. IVF, right? In vitro. They are... Yeah. I, I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, but no, sorry. That's, that was obviously a joke. Do, do you have anything in mind? Um, I, uh, I think world traveling is an easy choice, and Scooby-Doo meets XYZ is also a, a, an easy go-to. I'm, I'm more inclined to do the world traveling route, uh, to put them in a new setting, and just let them interact with the everyday characters they meet there. Uh, do, do you have a, so? Did you do you have a setting? Scooby Doo goes to Washington. I oh. want I want Scooby Doo to go to Capitol Hill. And, yeah, man. Okay, 
This is, I think, to date, our most political episode. We've, we've gotten political before, but always kind of lightly, and always just, like, lightly jabbing, like, oh, yeah, the American political situation sucks. I, I like how we, we had a, an episode in which they go to a Banning Junction, and we talk about Steve Bannon a whole bunch, who's, like, not even in the administration anymore. Yeah, it's just, it's moved a mile a minute, but somehow we're going the most political on this Q&A. I don't even like talking politics. So, so are you saying that they go to Washington and there's like an orange monster who's just like who's like terrorizing the populace? Is that the yeah, route you're that's taking? That's exactly it. Um, and it, ultimately, they catch Trump and they unzip him. And who should it be inside but Bannon? Who's like definitely scarier physically than Trump? Exactly. Is. That's his facelift. Steve Bannon and I think I I might have said this in that last episode. I don't like to make fun of people's appearances. You know, I don't like to, like, body shame people, but Steve Bannon yeah. looks like he has, like, some form of necrosis. He looks like his flesh is rotting. He looks like his ethics. Like, honestly, he looks like his principles. He looks that he, bad. Like, he is his own Dorian Gray portrait. Yes! <laughs> oh, man. But no, I would do something like that. Like, I want to, I think that could be fun to see the, those, I guess I want to see Scooby get political, like we have. All right, so uh, we, we're going to cap this off with two questions from Gordon. Um, which I, I think are worth covering. Yes. We are at over an hour. I don't know how much this is going to get edited down to. Um, yeah, we'll uh, see. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I imagine these fun little like, Q&A episodes, and I'm just, ah, oh, they're going to be short. They're going to be like 40 minutes. I can't let a single question go even a little bit unanswered. And, and I'm I'm so happy with, with our fan cast uh, session oh, that, that we did. I, I had love a, that. I, I'm so glad we took the time to think that through. I really want to do it again. You want to do another fan cast? See, see how many different Scooby fan casts we can come up with, because each is its own like. It beast, really is, right? They're also as like. As soon as I finish mine, I'm like, oh man, I could start at the top and then work my way through to a whole different production by the end. It's oh man, it's so it's so much fun. Um, Gordon's first question, he really they're very long. What is the most genuinely scary Scooby Doo you've seen? And then he, he also adds on, I mean, Scooby-Doo is arguably the first introduction most folks get to the horror genre, so how far do you think an episode could potentially go, keeping the audience in mind? Um, right off the bat, I think I think we both have our scariest we talked about this Scooby-Doo, a little bit, right? That, that we've both seen. And I think it's 13 Ghosts. To date, I think 13 Ghosts is the scariest. Growing up, the scariest for me was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Which, is, which I have not seen um, from beginning to end. Uh, but what I think the common consensus is that Zombie Island is the scariest it ever gets. It's it's supposed to be terrifying. I, I thought it was extremely scary, but that's a a very old opinion. Like, I some movies I thought were scary that probably aren't so scary anymore. 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is straight up scary. So currently, I have to go with that one. There's also, and I'm pretty sure this is Scooby-Doo, and this is, like, pretty effed, I think. And maybe it wasn't Scooby-Doo. Maybe it was some other show. Maybe it was, like, Ghostbusters like the old Ghostbusters cartoon, but I remember watching this show in which there's there are vampires and there are werewolves, and they start fighting and, like, biting each other and turning each other into, like, vampire werewolves, and as a result, that means they have the weaknesses of vampires, and vampires cannot cross running water, so they're all, like, trapped uh, by this stream or river. It's pretty messed up, and, like... This is a cartoon? This is a cartoon, yeah. Huh. Not Scooby-Doo, I take it. it I think it might have been. But, you wow. know, like, because Scooby, every now and then, Scooby will, like, be, and it was old. So I think it, like, if, if it was anything, it was 13 Ghosts. 
but we've already seen a werewolf 13 ghosts episode it might come back like that's a show that's so uneven i wouldn't put it past them to retread that ground who knows man um but let's just... that is that is scary but i okay so 13 ghosts is our current answer we will do uh scooby-doo on zombie island eventually At that might point. turn out to be the scariest yeah and i'm, I'm sure that'll be sort of like the the, the biggest the the most terrifying one this is the last question we have recorded for so mm. long this is the last question all right cap it this is gordon again as i as i said back when i was Thanks, a kid G-Dog. a friend of mine had a scooby-doo calendar with pictures of the gang along with short facts like their likes and dislikes one of the things they said about fred was that his biggest pet peeve was when monsters aren't real or something to that effect luke's pretty consistently cast fred as the skeptic but is there an argument to be made for Fred being more of a Mulder than a Scully? And uh, I did I did a little bit of research. I did a little bit of digging. Apparently, a Scully is a young street girl, usually teenager or early 20s, that likes the nightlife and will occasionally trade sex for drugs. And Mulder? Yeah, it's a Mulder, man. A Mulder, on the other hand, a dialectical British variant of Mulder. Which means, which is an intransitive verb, meaning to crumble into particles. Between these two, which one do you think Fred well, is? Really quick, were you able to look up the X Files and see that it's just? Hey, man, you know I don't. You know I don't look at that stuff. Uh, Scully and Mulder from the X Files. I I think Mulder was uh, the skeptic. He was no, he was the ske- believer. Scully was the skeptic. He, yeah, correct. I. I think that is merch and not canon, is my take on it. Uh, I, th- I do think Fred is consistently the skeptic, but I, I don't think we see it that Fred is ever disappointed at who he finds. He's, there's never like, oh darn, it's not a real ghost. We never see that. And we all we do see is uh, Fred's determination to uncover the truth. So, I, I mean, that's my impression. I think it's quite cut and dry in what we yeah, view. You think, you, think he's a, you think he's a scully? All the way, I think he's a scully. I think Scooby and Shaggy are molders, not in I want to believe, but just I believe. But what do you think? Do you think that's borne out in the in the show itself? I think I think that sounds about right to me. Like I think the things that Fred, depending on like the iteration, has such a passion for monsters and all that sort of thing that like he's equally excited about disproving them as he is proving them. And I think I think what's what's just what's more important if anything is that he's passionate. And like he he genuinely cares about the monsters whether and and which is to say like scooby and shaggy don't care about the monsters they care about the monsters in, in as much as they don't want to be near them and i think it's uh it's a it makes sense that somebody who like thinks they've caught magic or a leprechaun or something like unmasks them and finds out it's nothing that's magic will be disappointed but i don't think that's fred i think in practice people who want to who go hunting and looking for ghosts and really commit themselves to it try and find evidence where there is none and evident and fred pursues real evidence he's not like turning up a tiny recording all the way up and then playing it backwards and then remixing it so he can hear one half garbled word that he interprets as a message he's seeing an actual villain run around flying and all this stuff and he's trying to engage and figure out with that mystery so i think it's an interesting thought i wouldn't mind an interpretation of fred that's disappointed and i think the real answer to this question is that velma is scully yeah. Especially in Mystery Inc. That's it. Like Velma Scully and and I, uh, Fred is, Fred is who he is. I I vaguely remember in like I think it's Mystery Inc. There's a little bit of more fascination with the supernatural. 
which makes me think of him being more of a Mulder. So I think that Fred flip-flops, but I think that Velma is always Scully regardless. I think Fred always wants the mystery. He's a mystery solver. He goes where the evidence leads, and I think that makes him a skeptic, but it also makes him a truth seeker. Velma, especially in Mystery Inc., we see as someone who wants there to be something supernatural. She's so disappointed at how everything is just a dude in a costume. Oh, wow. Hey, we have, uh, we have one final question. Oh, just came in? Yeah, actually, a few seconds ago. Nice, let's get it. Get oh, it on man, the wire. This is, very, this is so very, very long. Goodness gracious. I'm, we have three questions. Uh, they come from a Leah Dotty? Weird effing name. Weirdo. That's my little sister, Leah. What's Leah saying? She's, wait, she's got three questions? One, how do you think watching Scooby-Doo as a child has influenced your life? Besides its obvious role as inspiration for your magnum opus that is this podcast. Okay. Uh, and, and I would say just right off the bat, Scooby-Doo, um, I think, has helped me garner an appreciation for old cartoons. Same here. I feel like the kind of rough-spun feel of Scooby-Doo is something I, I might not have appreciated. Like, at the time as a kid, I would have much preferred something that was slick and fast and had some pop and action to it. But Scooby-Doo is what I had, and it's what I watched, and I really learned to appreciate it. I learned to appreciate that kind of slow, eerie introduction and the gang kind of lumbering around as the the show gets rolling pacing i think is what it gave me an appreciation for uh the next question and horror to a degree i think as gordon mentioned this is most people's introduction to horror and for that for me it was that uh the next question i can just answer with google (laughs) um the next question is when do you think we'll get a scooby-doo musical Mm. uh and the answer to that is within the past decade because there has been one uh scooby-doo live musical mysteries that's that. Uh, well, I, I, unless the question means, when do our listeners get a musical? When do we sit down and knock out a musical? Which is yet, I mean, TBD. We'll let yeah, you know. We're, we're no, we're no Lynn manuel Mirandas, the two of us. Uh, lastly, and this one I like. This one maybe, just a cap, this is our final mm. question. Maybe we can discuss this a little bit more. Give it to me, little sis. Third question, final question all of right. the night. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to all of these uh, All of these. Mm-hmm. Thank you, really. Thank you, listeners, for Uh, your questions and your interest. What if Scooby-Doo was an actual chicken? That is somehow the dumbest and the best question we've got so far. That covers both of those. If Scooby-Doo was an actual chicken, what would they do? They'd be, no one here but us Great Danes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like They do that joke constantly. I like to think that instead of Scooby Snacks, it's like Scooby Feed. (laughs) And it's just like a sack, and they just sort of like sprinkle it on the ground. And, and uh, Shaggy does his best to look it up off the dirt. Yeah. Scrappy would still exist. Scrappy would be a little chick who they have to keep from getting into... With a action. huge head. Yeah, with a huge head. Who still lifts everyone else and carries them around all the time. Scooby, if Scooby was a chicken, he would lay eggs all the time. Even though he'd be a rooster. You know, I actually find this really disconcerting to consider. Because for some reason, my mind can fathom a talking dog, but not a talking chicken. That, I guess that's the change that happened in my head, is that Scooby no longer talks as a chicken. Yeah, he becomes mute. And, he he makes, and, like, he tweets or something. And he loses all agency. Shaggy just carries him around. So Scooby does not make, Scooby needs to be a dog. But more than anything, he needs not to be a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer to what if Scooby-Doo was an actual chicken is, is no. Scooby-Doo would be a bad show. No one would like it or watch it. Yeah. How, how about this? Oh, Okay, so the, we, we capped last episode with each of us asking the other a question. 
Oh yeah. Can you come up with something on the fly? Cause I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off of what Leah said. Uh, give me yours first. What if, what if Scooby what if Scooby Doo was an actual cat? It, that's so hard to imagine. Cause on the one hand you want to say still a scaredy cat. On the other hand, cats have an I don't give an f attitude that you want to say would translate somehow into Scooby's character. Where like it's just like it wouldn't be scared of ghosts. Just like, he- heck you man, I'm a cat. Are you actually gonna fight a cat? You're gonna get scratched to heck. I also think that whenever I imagine a cartoon cat, he's bipedal. He's like he's like Tom from Tom and Jerry. Oh yeah, and he's constantly filing his nails. So, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if anything, he he becomes more human, as opposed to the chicken where he becomes less human. Yeah, oh, he's more anthropomorphized. That makes sense. I it's hard to that is also a tough thing to imagine simply because cats characters are always sort of slick and smooth and. Uh, devil may care and that's like, not none of that is scooby even even when you think about the aristocats that disney the disney movie where in which you know they're they're like quadrupedal they're on all fours when they go to do that song like everybody wants to be a cat a yeah. lot of those cats are bipedal a lot because they're playing instruments <laughs> their thing of everyone wants to be a cat they start doing the least cat-like things ever <laughs> they they imitate humans as much as they can I want to listen to that song when we're done recording. Um, do you have a question for me? Yeah. You're not. You're not just gonna ask if Scooby Doo is a different animal. Mm-hmm. You're actually gonna. You're actually gonna spend your question wisely. All right. What is sport? <laughs> Hang on, I've got a response for you. Let me just type this up here. <laughs> well, I'm waiting. <laughs> Here's my question for you, and it is piggybacking on what we had before. If Scooby wasn't going to be a dog, what animal would he be? Obviously not a cat or a chicken. A pig. Pig? Scooby would be a pig. Yeah, definitely. The intelligence is there. The the squealy scaredness is there. And the voracious the appetite actually makes sense. And I can imagine... Oh, it is actually kind of scary to imagine a talking like a talking pig like on all fours a little bit. That's kind of scary. The real scary thing is imagining a live-action movie with a CGI Scooby pig. I think what else is scary is uh, is Scrappy as a little piglet with an enormous head. Ah, gosh. Scrappy is what makes all of these worse, and it's it's weird to think that like we've come to accept, we've come to accept the idea of a puppy that walks on its hind legs, has an enormous head, and speaks, and like. But when you apply it to any other animal, the horror like makes itself apparent. It's even worse. Yeah, we we know to resent Scrappy because of his character, but the the nature of the character design really comes to the forefront. Really floats to the surface when you ch- switch up the species. That's I, that's it. We're we're done here. Yeah. Thank you, every listener. Yeah, this is a blast. Yeah, those are some great cues. Hope you enjoyed our A's. Uh, keep. Feeding in your questions. We don't have another QA plan just yet, but we are saving your questions that you may ask. So keep feeding them to us. We'll save the best and we'll answer them. Uh, and that is it. Thank, thank you very much for listening. Absolutely. Join us next week. Stick around for the outro. Good? Oh my gosh. I certainly hope so. Hey, Evan. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, what do you call it when listeners send in questions and then we provide answers to those questions? Is it a... Uh, shoot, what did I call them? A friend interrogation? <laughs> no, it's a Q&A episode. That's the pun that I was going for. And that's oh, what we've okay. just had. A Q&A episode uh, bookended by two great bits from Evan and yours truly. 
And now we're You're here to wrap very, it up. Very generous. Great <laughs> Two bits. great bits of equal quality and hilarity on, on both our parts. We're so well matched. That's what makes this podcast took, so doable. You took so long to come up with that. <laughs> you, like, like for, for a solid minute, I stared at you staring into nothingness. And I could, like, see the gears turning in your head. Do, do you want to hear some of my rejected ideas that I, I, I offered and I turned away during that minute? I, I kind of do. There are none. There are none. I was, I was staring at you just thinking, how long can I wait before I need to have a good bit? And I thought, a minute, that's the longest I can wait before I can get away with not having anything. Oh, my gosh. What are we... Um, thank you, listeners, for getting to this part of the podcast it seems to, mm. to me such a mark of endurance that anyone could get past an hour of us talking it makes me sad because i feel like the outros in spite of how i've begun this one are are we're, we're at our best and you have to get through like an hour of pod, podcasting to get to that like i i think that we're like the tough mutter of podcasts <laughs> if like if like the last maybe maybe if the last portion of the tough mutter were like a water slide that's that's pretty generous that the, yeah no actually the last portion is kind of a water slide you're dirty you're gross you're covered in grime you need a good shower by the end of it and that's this outro so yeah thank you for listening we also want to thank a few other people mm. uh, because they not only listen to the podcast they also donate to the podcast they basically made the podcast happen they funded it and they're listening to it these are our patrons who donate to us every month on patreon and you know what you could be one of them all you have to do is donate to us on our patreon patreon.com slash scooby dudes and, yeah. and why would you do that why would anybody do that actually uh well one thing that happens i like to put out uh, a little bit of art that our artists send us like work in progress we also every now and then we'll put up some audio clips stuff that uh ended up on the cutting room floor uh that courtesy of you yes do you mean that i cut it or i did a bit that was so dumb we couldn't keep it in it's, the uh you know it's both <laughs> it's both yeah no, no no yeah it's both that's right i don't know why i even asked i'm the one that does it and cuts it uh it's also going to be occasional jam sessions and uh uniquely recorded audio just for your uh, listening pleasure our patrons and as uh as a one final little bonus if you donate to the podcast we will shout out your name each and every week. Never a week will go by where we don't shout out your name as soon as you donate to us the first time, no matter how little it is. Uh, I don't know if people drop off if we'll continue to shout out their names or if we'll give them a kind of negative shout out. Yeah, is there a way of like, of like the negative... I think we'll give them the, a shade out. Yeah, the negative sound. Does that make sense? Can you have like a negative sound? Surely, yeah. Because you know like those white noise headphones that make like a canceling mm -hmm. noise to whatever's outside so you hear nothing? I think that's what we'll do. That way, if you're listening to the podcast and someone says your name, you hear nothing. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, if we can put that in, that'd be really solid. So yeah, we're going to shout your name out every week if you donate to us. If you remove your donation, we will try and erase you from the world. And also, we'll try and make it so no one can hear your please name. Please don't donate and then stop to see what that erasing might sound like. I feel like we've, we've sort of created a little bit of a tantalizing oh, situation here. No, we've hyped it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And also, that's going to be a lot of work. I I have very rudimentary sound editing skills. I'm going to have a real struggle doing. I'm just going to play your name backwards. That's what I'm going to ultimately do, and it's not that the same. That also sounds like something that people would stop donating to us for. Ooh, and now I've made it really appealing. <laughs> like I'm offering them a special gold character skin for for doing badly please, or something. Please donate. Please be one of these names that we're about to say right now. Yeah. Yeah.
Other than Patreon, there's a lot of other great places that you can connect with us and get some extra Scooby Dudes content. Yeah, do you like media? I, I love media, man. Do you like being social? Oh yeah. <laughs> too much? Too much there? Little, I really yeah, like being it, social. Scale it back. Oh yeah, I like being social. Okay, perfect. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. Uh, we update, like, mm-hmm. I think maybe like three times a week. Oh, three days a week. Twitter. Uh, we update like almost every day. It's true. Um, There's like a lot of great action on we, Twitter. We try to interact with people. If they interact with us, uh, I'm gonna get better at that. So that's a thing. Twitter on Twitter, we are at the Scooby Dudes. So you know you're dealing with the one and only. Uh, Facebook, we are just Scooby Dudes. And if you want to email us, we are Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com. As one last thing, just to uh, just to top off what I think is our shortest outro ever. Yeah, what is this, only 20 minutes? We're good. We're golden. Uh, when you were listening to us compile our respective fan casts, mm. did you not feel like going to IMDb <sighs> with every single uh, name or to, to put a face to a name? That's what I did with your entire fan cast. And I l- kind of looked at them all side by side and imagined them in the role. But that's a lot of work and that's a lot of Googling. Wouldn't it be nice if someone photoshopped all these people together as the gang so you could just get it in one snapshot? Yeah, that would be, that'd be very cool. It almost, and, yeah, I, it almost sounds like I maybe did that yeah. uh, for our listeners. That would be cool. Anyways, thanks for listening. That was another great episode on Scooby Dudes Q&A. Uh, tune in again ne- next week. No, Evan actually did that. You should actually go check that out. That does exist on ScoobyDudes.com, the number one website to get more Scooby Dudes content. Yeah, head on over there. I have photoshopped together my fa- fan cast and my fan cast. You've also did mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I did Luke's too. I also did Luke's. Jeez, how dare you put in all so this work a, for me and then not shout me out? That's that's oh. a very cool thing you can you can do. Uh, I also tend to add a little bit more info. Um, mm-hmm. t- about each episode, I might be timestamping this one just so that people can find their individual questions and answers. But maybe I won't do that because uh, <laughs> I kind of want you to hear the whole thing. You should listen to the whole thing; it's really worth it. And you should listen to next week's whole thing, where we return to the one and only Flim Flam for another thirteen ghosts episode. Uh, it's great content every week at Scooby Dudes. You all know that. Yeah, thirteen ghosts, two dudes. One podcast. Man, we got that numbers game down pat. What? What's the whole Jewish numbers thing? It's, that... just, it's just numerology. It's just a form of numerology. Numerology. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think of. I always think of it in uh, in terms of that religion because of uh, the promise. It was the cho- the chosen. Kaim Potok. Oh yeah, it's the chosen yeah. then the promise. All right, that's we're that's it, right? That's it. The only other thing you could do if you really want to do us a solid is go on iTunes, rate us five stars, give us that little Scooby bump. And uh, tune in again next week. Okay, thank you so much for saying that. You know how we say every week that no one has left us any reviews? <laughs> Review on iTunes? <laughs> I checked recently, and we have three reviews. Oh, do we have reviews? Should we read those or something? Yeah. Because every other podcast I, has re- something like, read it, write us a review, and we'll read it on the pocket. Write us a review, and we'll send you a casserole. And we don't do anything. Do you, I can read those three right now. They're all very short. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Write us a review on iTunes because apparently we'll eventually read it. So, here, I'm so, like, I want to apologize to our listeners. I, we've really dragged our feet with these. I've, like, I literally only checked this past week and I was shocked to see three. Hang on, are these all five star reviews? They're all five stars. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. The first is from a Michael Ascot. Um, the review is titled Great Podcast, and uh, the review is These guys are great. 
They clearly enjoy Scooby-Doo and can embrace the inherent silliness of it. Also, they are really in touch with their fan base. Please note, not for the whole family. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. That's super sweet. Michael's our, uh, our first not-personal connection fan. Uh, this other one is called... Uh, the title, it's, it's by Scooby Saves. Um, the title of the review mm-hmm. is Scooby Don't, Under Any Circumstances, Miss Out on This Podcast. Oh. And the review just reads, just give it a listen. Thanks for that glowing review. Scooby Saves. Not mincing any words there. I think uh, that's a clear direction. And here is the review with the least words minced. Really? Uh, there, it's, it's from BCM Leah. This is like hearing that there's a shorter verse than Jesus wept in the Bible. <laughs> the, the review is titled, It's Great. And the review reads, it's great. <laughs> are, is great spelled differently on either of those? It's the sa- it's, they're literally the same. It's, are the it's the same? Is yeah, it one possessive it and one not? Same. All of it is the same. It's all, it, is, it, it is as in it's. It, uh, it is great. It's, so it's great, period, and then it's great, period. It's just the exact same. That's it, it doesn't possess greatness. It is great. It is great. It's great. And double great. Yeah. So, look, thank you so much to everybody who left this review. I really appreciate it. So please help tell, tell all your friends and family. Tell them to get in on this new craze that's sweeping the nation, Scooby Dudes, and, uh, and tune in again next week. Oh, I thought the craze that was sweeping the nation was leaving us five-star reviews. <laughs> no, that's, that's maybe sweeping our, our respective localities. But Scooby Dudes is sweeping the nation. That's it. Uh, what, what more do you guys want? Get out of here. Get, get, go on, get out of here. I don't love you. Get. I'm picking up a stone here. Stop white fanging our listeners. Throwing this stone at our listeners. Go on, get listeners. Go on. Get out of here. Go on, get. Don't, don't you come back here. White fang. Uh, hi there, listeners. This is Evan. I'm just recording a little bit of a separate disclaimer. Uh, because it came to my attention that because this past episode did not end with Luke telling me that he loved me, and me telling you, our listeners, that I loved you, that you might think that, in an unspoken fashion, Luke and I love each other. So I just need to, I need to let you know, that is not the case. So rest assured, everything is as it should be, in, uh, within, within our co-hosting relationship. And uh, that's all. So uh, thank you so much. Once again, I love you listeners, Luke loves me, and stop. Hey Evan, sorry it took me a minute there. Are we ready to well, record I the disclaimer? Get it. Get out! Wait, what's wrong, Evan? I love you, man. Get out of here! <laughs> okay, I'm going, but I'm going to come right back. Hey, Empty Sam. <laughs> I think Evan doesn't love me. No, you're right, he does love me. Evan, Empty Sam was saying the craziest thing, that you don't love me. I still don't get why you do... It makes you sound like you're a centipede. You're like, every. I can't not imagine... Like a centipede scurrying away. I have so many feet, man. So many feet. But that's what we love about each other. You with your two feet and me with my many. Anyways, I uh, assume Evan just prefaced this with how much he loves me. Okay, I'll you know that's that with, not true. I love you, Evan. And we both love our listeners. Pressing stop.